Hey, everybody, and welcome to D3 Glory Days. We are back from the national meet, an exciting weekend. We'll get more into that. Our next few episodes are going to be bringing you interviews with some notable figures from these championships. But before we continue along those lines, we have a lot of people to thank. Stu and I were up in the booth doing the commentary. If you tuned in and enjoyed that, that's really cool. Um, I think we're getting a little better every championships we do, always looking for things to improve on, but it's a cool opportunity. We really enjoyed it. If you have any feedback for us, let us know. But Additionally, we had a whole team of D3 Glory Days people out on the ground and at home helping us bring coverage both through photographs. We had three photographers, Nico, Alan, and Kyle did amazing work photographing the meet. You can see those photos on our Instagram or our Twitter. There's some on there. And additionally, Chris, Emily, and Maddie, who were at home manning the computers and cell phones, making sure the Instagram content was pumping, the Twitter content was pumping, bringing you all those important up to the minute updates. And so we, yeah, we basically had a team of eight people covering Division Three Indoor National Championships this year. That's the biggest team we've ever brought to a national championship meet. And I think it worked out really well. Along those lines, if you enjoyed that content and you want to help support it, listener donations are how we keep this podcast running and how we're able to provide that level of support. So if you'd like to support this podcast, you can find links down in the show notes below. There's a link to our Venmo, which Alex, Tom, Peter, and Kelly all contributed to this week. Thank you guys for that. There's also a link to our Patreon if you'd like to join us as a monthly supporter. Those contributions go a long way and enable us to further increase the spotlight that we put on Division Three athletes. It's been really fun so far, and thanks to all those who have supported us. If you're not ready or willing to support financially, just share this podcast with a friend, with a coach, with a teammate. That really helps us get the word out as well. I'm going to turn the mic over now to Stu. He's going to introduce you to our guest in our post-championship series. Yeah, but before I do, I just want to echo what Noah said and a big thank you to our team. This was an idea we had to do something like this, and it exceeded expectations, I'll say. So excited for what's to come and gives us a lot of momentum heading into outdoor and the future of D3 Glorias. I think we have something pretty special here, and we'll continue to do our best to bring you this type of coverage moving forward. We may have set ourselves up for disaster, though, if we can't replicate what we just did. However... We're up for the challenge. Now joining us on the podcast is Kennedy Waite out of Mount Union. If that name sounds familiar, it's probably because we said it eight times over the weekend. Kennedy was in three individual races and the 404, and she ran all prelims, qualified in every event for finals. She started her day off finishing fourth in the 60, moved on to the 400, where she ran a lifetime best and finished third and carried that momentum into a national title in the 200 meter. She ran 24-31, which is third all-time in D3 history. And that was her seventh event of the weekend. It was great to hear how she handled such a big workload, what she's looking forward to next in outdoors, and when she'll challenge her mom's Mount Union 800 meter record, both indoors and outdoors. She has some unfinished business left to be the fastest 800 runner in weight history at Mount Union. Thanks to Kennedy for joining us in the aftermath of what was a very busy week. Her versatility and range is super inspiring, and I think you guys will really enjoy this conversation. So sit back, relax, and here's to the glory days.
right. Welcome back to D3 Glory Days. Moving right along in our post indoor nationals coverage. We're now joined by Kennedy Waite out of Mount Union. She had the pleasure of running four events at the indoor national meet. Kennedy, welcome to D3 Glory Days. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I'm really excited. Oh, good. We're glad to chat with you, especially I believe you might have been the busiest athlete at the national meet. Let's start off first by just kind of taking us through the mindset and the decision-making behind the quadruple that you did. I was speaking with your coaches before on, on Thursday and they were, they tossed around the 800 to you and you're debating between 60 or the 800, which I don't think we ever hear too often, but let's hear from you. Like, you know, why you chose those three open events at least. Yeah. The 800, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to be able to do the 200 with that. So I pretty much knew off the bat that that one was going to be next, but the double or the triple, I mean, I did that last year, obviously, and it didn't work out as well for me last year, but this year we found out the 60 was going to be in the morning. And I was like, well, I mean, I could get that over with and have like three or four hours. And I was really torn between doing the 400, 200 with the four by four, because I knew I'd have to run prelims, but we actually like amped up our training this year and worked on more of endurance. So I was like, you know, what? and the team, we thought we could score more points. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to try and do all three opens again and see what happens. You mentioned you tried the triple last year and it didn't go super well. I mean, people would look at the results and say that it did go pretty well, but I understand that you're your own best critic. But what were some of the big takeaways from trying this triple last year? And what about last year kind of made you believe that succeeding in it was possible this year? So last year, I was like, honestly, I did all four because I was just like, you know, I don't think I would make all four. I just really wanted to make one. And it was my first indoor nationals meet ever. So I was like, I really just want to make one event. So I'm going to try all four and hopefully at least one goes in. And then I end up making all four. And I was like, well, crap, I have to do all four of these again tomorrow. And just waking up the next morning, I was beat down. I didn't feel great. And it was just mentally really hard going into that finals day. And my times like obviously weren't as good as I potentially could have run if I only picked a few but after we worked on different training this year and really worked on endurance I was much more confident going into all of them this year yeah take us through you know your training and you have the range to go down to the 60 up to the 800 so what does a week look like for you yeah I am now a long sprinter I started when I first came to mount actually as a short sprinter so I like refused to do the 400 at all my freshman year then they slowly worked me into doing it in four by fours. And then I, here I am as a long sprinter now. And I actually started to do the 800 because I wanted to break my mom's record. She has the 800 record at Mount. So I started doing longer training and we ended up a little bit. So like we usually for a week for us is speed on Monday, get like block starts in good speed stuff. And then we do intervals Tuesday and then tempos Thursday and take off Friday. So did you break your mom's record? No, I was a second shy of it, but next year I'm definitely going for it. What's the uh, like conversation between you two like around the record? Is it like a friendly rivalry? Yeah, it's a good competition. I mean, my mom's actually a three-time national champion at Mount. She's two-time in the 800 and one in the four by four. So she just thinks it's awesome that I'm going for the 800 and she really thinks that the 800 would be my best event. 
Yeah, you haven't ran it fresh, it looks like. Do you have an idea of what you could, at least this year, this season indoors, is there an idea of what you could run it fresh? I, well, I actually did it fresh um, at a home meet a, a three or four weeks into the season. I went 214, but I think if I had, I was all by myself within it. I think if I had like the right person with me, maybe potentially like 212, 211 indoor this year, but I hope to train a little longer and break get around 210 next year that's my goal you obviously have a lot of range you know qualifying in the 60 all the way up to the 800 what what is like being a versatile athlete mean to you I mean you're showing it off at on the national stage but personally how important is it to you to be a versatile athlete with a wide range yeah I think it's really cool just to be able to do like I go from the 60 to the 800 um not a lot of people can really say they could do that but I think it's just useful like for the team, they can use me in the four by two, four by four. And I could even be put in the four by eight if need be. And I think like having the speed is what's key in these distance races for me. Like I think my 800 so was so good this year because I have that speed at the end and I can work with that. Last year you said there was tough waking up on finals day. Yeah. It was interesting this year, as you said, like the 60 was in the morning and speaking with Adelia prior to it, there's not a lot of meets where you are running a 60 meter dash, you know, pr- before noon. Did that throw anything off into like your scheduling or preparation? Yeah, it was definitely different. I don't think I've ever competed that early, like at all, at least in college. That was just really early. And then to have to have a three hour break, like in between. But I, I think I really like liked it. I would like to do that next year. If hopefully the schedule is similar to that. Because I liked having a shakeout in the morning, like I did my jog and like a quick 60 in the morning. And then I had time off to like relax, get food in me. And like then before I get ready for the 400. So I honestly really liked it. Before we get into kind of the specific emotional highs and maybe lows of this weekend, can you just kind of walk us through how your body felt kind of from the first prelim to your last final and maybe how that differed from last year? Yeah, the... um first day of prelims this year was probably the worst I felt the whole weekend just I think mentally knowing like if I made all these I'd have to do them all again and I knew I had a pretty good shot at making all of them since I did the year before so prelims were just really hard for me to get through it's just like push through just get qualified and all of them was like that was what I was going through in my head and then Saturday I actually I cooled down really well Friday and I use these Normatec boots. That's like my savior in between races and for recovery. I use those boots and I just really took care of myself Friday. And I think that set me up really well Saturday. And then having that shakeout 60 in the morning also helped. But compared to last year, it was just a 180. I, I just wasn't physically, mentally, I was exhausted last year. And it was just not, I didn't feel the best going into finals. What did you do to shake like that negative thoughts that you had to get ready for the final day? Yeah, I think like the adrenaline just kind of took over me on Saturday and that helped a lot, but really just got to like be positive. Just got to think to yourself, like, this is the last meet, like you work so hard. Think about all of the weeks of training you put in the months and just like, think about all of that. And that's what really was just driving me through those two days is just, you know, think of everything I've put into it so far. Like it, it will pay off. At what point this weekend did you feel like you were starting to pick up serious momentum and might have a shot to do something special? After the 400, that was like a huge moment for me. I was like, oh my gosh, I did not expect to run that well of a time. Like, especially after how tired I was feeling like after four or five races, I think after that 400, it was like the adrenaline was, 
adrenaline was at like a peak for me and I just felt really good and going into the 200 I had a lot of confidence yeah before we get to that fun moment of the 200 you were in the fifth section of prelims in the four it's like you got to see everyone you knew what the times were and we talked in the booth like it's such an advantage just to know what that is but from like a sprinting standpoint you know you're not like hitting your split watch and knowing what you're supposed to have two you have two laps and that's it like take us through like that mindset of your fifth you're in the fifth you're in the fifth heat and you know what time to get, like, what are you, what's the strategy like for like a 400 in that situation? Yeah. I mean, I saw the times and I could see, but like, you know, when I got in the blocks, I was like, you know what, it doesn't matter. Like just run your race and get qualified. Like I didn't want to try and hit a certain time and like try and save energy here or there because I was like, what if I didn't make it because I was, you know, conserving too much. So I really just, I tried to take it out hard again. I think I came out in a 25 in my 200, which is like what I normally do. And then it was just like, just finish it and finish strong. And if you see the clock, like I was looking at it towards the end and I was like, I better pick it up a little bit and make this right final. After finishing third, did your mind think of a national title in the 200? I don't know. I really like, didn't know if I could do win the 200 after I just knew like, you know, I, there were girls in that race that that was all that they were doing either that in a 60. So it was like, I knew I was feeling good, but it was like, I also couldn't imagine what the other girls were feeling like that didn't have to race the 400. Cause I think Grace and I were the only two that had the 400 that day. So I, I was just really to, I was like, I don't know, like, I think I could do it, but I also know that these girls are probably feeling pretty good as well. And in the 200, you're only ranked, you come out of the prelims ranked sixth, mm-hmm. you know, and in, in about a quarter of a second back from the, from uh, Benjamin's time. So what did you, how confident were you? I mean, I think you kind of caught some people by surprise by winning the 200, especially, you know, from that sixth seed, win it out of, win it out of section one in the finals. Walk us through that, that race. Yeah. So like I knew like prelims, I honestly ran like a hard race and I like thought like I was running like a pretty hard race. So I was a little disappointed to see like my time. I was like, well, I thought it would be a little bit faster. And then I was in the first heat, like I was in the slow heat for finals but I was actually really happy to be in that heat because I was with the defending champion, Isabella Hogue. And I knew like, she's like an awesome competitor. And I just love like watching her run and seeing her times and stuff. And I knew I was like, if I could just stay with her and like be with her, that that would be my best shot at potentially winning. Something I'm curious about, and I don't want to get into like the flat track bank track debate, yeah. but for you, you're in an interesting situation where you came into it seated number one in the 200 but if you look on like the actual times run and not converted, like you were like fourth or fifth, I want to say, yeah. I want to say fourth. What does that do to you? Like, you know, you know, from a, you know, track, like I ran this time, but it gets converted to this. And now I'm the one, number one seed. Does that weigh on you at all? Or do you view yourself as like the fourth seed? Yeah. The conversion is so tricky. It's just like, it's not, I don't think it's the same for every type of runner. Like for me, like, I think I run, pretty similarly on a banked versus a flat like I'm shorter the turns don't really like bother me as much on a flat so like a 0.4 conversion is pretty generous for me going into it and I thought wow like 24.4 like that's really fast I don't know if I could run that like so I mean you know it is what it is and we don't run on banks at all like I had that was my second time ever running on a bank track and like some of these schools that's all they have it's what they've run on every weekend so it was just really interesting having that as the nationals track this year. 
You mentioned keying off of Isabella Hogue in the final. I think we kind of talked to two kinds of athletes on this podcast. There's the the competitors who know exactly who they're going up against. They kind of study them and follow them through the season. And then there's the athletes who are just like, you know, I'm just going to focus on myself. I don't really care who else is in the race. I'm just going to do my best. Where, where do you kind of fall on that spectrum of focusing on yourself and being competitive? I think it, I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I do think that I can run well on my own and I can do post a good time like by myself but also like for that race specifically I was just like really happy to have her in it because I knew like it would push me to run a really good race I think it's just like like I could I think it actually helped me to have her in there compared to me being alone when you saw the time 24 31 did you realize like how fast that was in d3 history at the time or did you have to, like learn about it later yeah I didn't know I had no idea like it didn't even hit me like when I crossed line I was like is that like a good time? Like I was just like, I think in shock that I won my heat. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I don't even know what to do right now. It, and you know, this talk through like the waiting aspect, the camera crew did a great job. And I think mm-hmm. at least for myself, we were up in the booth so we can like see it or see all of everything that's happening. I think I immediately turned to where you all were. Cause you were just below us and yeah. you all saw the time and went nuts. Like, what was that like having your coaches your athletic trainers, your teammates? Cause sometimes people just like go off and like wait by themselves. But, like you were surrounded by everyone. Yeah. What was that like? I, yeah, I guess I didn't really know. Like, I've never been in this situation before. Like, so I just waited there. I was like, well, I have to wait and see the time and I want to be right here to look at it. So we were just waiting. And that was the craziest thing ever. Like, I was so like so many emotions. I was feeling like nervous. Like, I was really happy for my time. And like, I couldn't believe still that I'd like ran that time. And then I was like, well, I could potentially win. And I was like, I have to watch this race. And it was just the longest time of my life. But then having everyone there was just so awesome. Like everyone crashed down on me and it was just like surreal. At what point in that second heat did you know that you had gotten it or like did the stress ever ease up? Could you tell they were running slower than you? No, I had no clue. Like honestly, when they were like coming close, I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so much faster. Like it looked to me like I think I was just like also like half like I thought I was going to pass out. So like I didn't have clear judgment, but I was like, oh my God, it's going to be in the 23s. Like. I just like thought it was going to be this crazy time. Then I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I just won. What was the first thing coach Lucas said to you? He was just, I could tell he was so proud because he was speechless. Like he just came and just gave me a hug. He didn't even say much. I was like, I could just tell he was really proud. I was just speechless. I kept saying, did this actually happen? Like, I'm like, does this happen? Like, is this real? I just couldn't believe it. How do you go about kind of celebrating a national championship when you you're still not done? Like you still, you still have racing left to do. I just, well, I wanted to go see my mom first. So I like ran and like gave her a hug and saw her, but then I was like, well, I got to cool down, warm up, get ready for this four by four. And I wanted to make sure like I was ready to go and be the best I could for the team. So it was a quick turnaround after that. And then I, you know, started getting ready for the four by four. Yeah. What does that 400, 200, four by four triple feel like? Like, how do you quantify it? It It's honestly not even bad until the four by four. Like I was fine. The 400, fine. The 200 and the four by four. I definitely felt it a lot. And my time showed a little, I think I split like a 57, which I definitely could go faster, fresh, but I, it was, I was hurting by that point. Yeah. I think they'll give you a pass on like your eighth <laughs> race of the weekend. At what point did you know, kind of the fatigue and like emotional fatigue as well, just, just hit you. Cause I imagine like at some point that night, you know, obviously you're physically tired, but also just like the waves of emotion over the course of two days, 
did it hit you that night? Did it hit you the next day? Has it hit you at all? Yeah, I think we had that two hour drive back. We drove straight to Atlanta that night. And during that car ride, it was, we were all sitting down and it got quiet. And that's when I started to really like feel, I was like, wow, I'm really tired. Like I just want to go to bed. And, and the next day it was just, I felt really sluggish, but. You know, stepping back a little bit and kind of getting into like this national mindset, looking at, you know, your career in 2021, you were just on the re not just, but you made the relays for Mountain Union, all American, the four by one and the four by four. And you mentioned how you ran all three opens plus the four by four that following indoor season. How do you make the jump from being a relay runner to then an individual contributor running three individual events? Yeah, that was definitely a lot more of a load for me the next year. But that was my sophomore year was when I did just the relays. And then going into junior year, between those two years, that's when I really started to take it more seriously and really devote myself to track like 100% in season and out of season. So I really like put the work in over the summer, did heavy lifting, and I took care of my body, got sleep. In between those two years, I started to do that. So I think that helped me a lot going into junior year. What is the kind of reaction from your friends family teammates been like in the aftermath of, you know, having that national title title and a successful campaign. And has anything about that reaction surprised you? Um, that everyone's just been so happy for me and everyone's been congratulating me, my family and friends, they all know like how much this means to me and how much work I've put in. They see me like every day I'm doing something all over summer, like I'm putting the time in. So I think everyone was just like happy that it finally like came for me and I, you know, did something that I've been working for for such a long time. Given the historical program that Mount Union is, you know, where does that reign? Like, obviously you always like are winning OAC titles and all that stuff, but to be amongst Mount Union and winning a national title and being, and plus your mom has won a, a couple of national titles. Yeah. Like, what does that mean to win a title for Mount Union? It's awesome. I mean, you have this team and they're so good. It's like have a team that performs so well and works so hard together. It's just so rewarding to be able to be up at the top and like actually have a win now. Cause not, I think me and then the other Kennedy Gibbons on my team were the only two national champions right now, but it's just awesome to be able to say I'm a national champion with them. What's your kind of short-term plan now coming off nationals? Are you taking a little break or are you kind of keeping, maintaining that same level of focus and starting outdoor soon? Yeah, we took Monday off completely, but honestly, since then we've been doing stuff every day. We've slowly been working our way up to it. We did like a longer workout today and I think we're going to get right back into things and I just need to keep the intensity going and keep the momentum into outdoor. Do you guys have a spring break trip you go on or what's the first meet? Um, well, our spring break was last week, so that it was like during nationals. Oh so we no! Went right back in the class. Yeah, Monday I woke up, had to go to class, and so we're just we get this weekend off of meets, but then next weekend the team's going to Virginia, so we're not sure if we're gonna have the national people run yet. So are we switching our focus to the eight hundred for this outdoor season, or what? Um, I'll definitely still train for the 100 200 but I am going to keep some the endurance training going on and I will probably run a couple 800s my mom has the record outdoor so maybe I'll try and go for that too do you think you'd run it at outdoor nationals if you hit a qualifying time I don't know I don't think with the 200 that's just an impossible double the eight two so I think I'm gonna 
keep with the 100, 200, maybe the 400, whatever ones out of the two are better. You're not going to do the one, two, four, four by one, four by four. That seems like a nice uh, little addition to your outdoor schedule. Yeah, I was thinking, I was looking at the schedule and the 400, 100 are back to back. Like the hundreds, like 10 minutes after the 400. So that would be tough. I don't know if I could do that one. So we'll have to see. Did you use last year's outdoor performances in your, at least in your individual events as like motivation over the, over the winter and to try to correct maybe the wrongs given that you were like a multi-time All-American indoors? Yeah, that was definitely really hard. Like indoor, I did so well. And then coming into outdoor, like I qualified in the 100, 200, but I didn't make finals in either of those races. I actually got really sick outdoor nationals and I had the four by one that didn't qualify either than just the four by four Saturday. So it was just, it was mentally hard going from indoor all of that Saturday than just to have one race Saturday outdoor. So I definitely did use that to push me through the training this past year. And I hope to see more like going into outdoor this year. I really hope to make finals in both of them this year. Do you feel like you're going to be carrying any additional pressure on your shoulders now that you have that 200 title to your name? Yeah, I think there's pressure, but I think it's good pressure. I like that it pushes me now. Like I really want to train hard now, keep the intensity, keep this going. So I do think it's a good pressure to have. How do you handle pressure or nerves? You know, we learned from Adelia, she would do crossword puzzles, which I just love that. that oh, that's cool. But like, what do you do to kind of keep yourself uh, settled before races? I just try and like be with my friends, be with people. And on race days, I like to watch everything like the field events and do that. It helps distract me before I run because it is like, it's hard not to think about it. Like I do like laying in bed the night before, like it's hard not to think about your races and get caught up into that. But I just try and keep myself distracted and you know, be with people, watch TV. I watch reality TV and that helps a little bit, but yeah, just got to stay distracted. Yeah, what are your uh, what are your current favorite reality TV shows? Right now, watching the Kardashians, so I'm really. Oh, so that. so you like very reality? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good distraction. It's like a complete opposite topic. Yeah, they probably like what? Don't even talk about track at all, right? No. They're, yeah. <laughs> are do the Kardashians even know anything about track? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> What are you have any time goals now that you've you know have run number three all time indoors? You're right at the cusp of breaking that 12 second barrier in the hundred. Like, what do you have any goals written down? You just kind of take it week by week. I definitely want to run 23 in the 200 outdoor. That's like a huge goal of mine. That would be awesome if I could do that this year. And then I just want to be able to consistently be in the 11s for the hundred. Last year I like had one time. It was like a 2.1 win, so it's not on my. Tifers, it was eleven nine seven, I believe, at conference. So that was the only time I've ever been in the elevens in the hundred. It would just be really cool to consistently do that. It sounds like you've been pretty dialed in, you know, sleep, nutrition, training. Um, you've got a lot of momentum on your side, but are are there any parts of your of your game that you're looking at and identifying that you need to do a little better to to run a twenty three second two hundred? I think just. Yeah, like you said, I mean, I'm doing the right things like sleeping, eating and stuff like that. But I think if I just keep up the endurance and I'm going to do more 800s, run more 400s, and I think that will help me in the long run, too, because I think that's why my 400 has gotten so much better because I'm doing these longer races. Like I did a 600 this indoor, a couple 800s. So I think like maybe adding longer races like that more often would help me in the 200. 
So you came into college as a short sprinter. You said now you're a long sprinter. You have had multiple qualifiers. What's your favorite event? I've always said that 200 is my favorite. It's kind of like a sweet spot. It's in the middle. It's not as fast as the 60 and the 100. Those races are like block starts are so important and that gets me nervous. Then it's not as long as the four, the five. So I think the 200 is like probably my favorite. It's right in the middle of the two. Is that a little recency bias since the year the national champion? Yeah, now? true. There might be a little <laughs> bias in that. As our listeners are aware, eligibility questions are kind of all over. Nobody really knows where other people stand um, in terms of their eligibility. How much? How much uh, college track do you have left? So I have a full year left indoor and outdoor next year. So I have this outdoor, then the full year indoor outdoor next year. And then I actually have an outdoor on top of that. It's just crazy with the eligibility. So what are your plans? Are you going to stay at Mount? Yeah, I'm actually doing PA school here at Mount Union. And that's 2.5 years. So I'll graduate in May. And then two days later, I'll start PA school. So I'll be here all summer. And then for the next two and a half years. So I'm definitely going to use the indoor outdoor next year. And we'll see in two years if I'm still (laughs) willing to do another outdoor season. Yeah, because that's a whole new school. Is it would it be a whole new school load for you? Or is it kind of similar to what you're doing now? No, it's a lot more. That's the thing. It's just the workload is going to be insane. We have a kid on our team right now who's doing it right now. Him and his brother are in the PA program and they're also running track. And it's it's a lot. Like they're in school all day and then they come at five o'clock, get home, and then have two hour practice. Like it would definitely be tough, but I think it's something that I'm willing to do. Do you think in that scenario where you're taking on a much heavier academic load that you would maybe scale back your ambitions and track, not not in terms of like placing high, but focusing more on on one event or something so you're not having to train for so many? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like the training I do, it's kind of like nice because it works for multiple things. Like, yeah, I'm training longer for like the 800 more, but we're still getting our speed in with that. And it's not like I don't really have to change much. So, but I think, you know, I'll still try and do as much as I can. We'll see. Do you run, do you run mileage? Do you like go out for long distance runs? We just recently this year was the first year that we started to do like a 40 minute run, which if you had told me that two years ago, I would have said no way. Like I would never do a 40 minute run, but yeah, now we do like, I'll do like a three mile run, like two, three miles a couple of times a week. So that's a lot more than I'm used to doing like years ago, a couple of years ago. Could, can that- we see you in cross country? No, definitely not cross country. That, that'd be too. I used to do cross country though. Like I actually started out as a distance runner growing up in middle school. I was did really well at cross country. And then even in high school, I did like a little bit of distance, but yeah, I, I think that ship has sailed. You got to talk to Bella Hogue. She was the same way. Like she was a two miler her freshman year of high school. Yeah, that's what I did cross country my freshman year of high school, but I'm really into soccer as well. So I did, I'd go from like a cross country meet in the morning, then straight to a soccer game. And I actually almost played soccer when I came to Mount, but yeah, I had to say bye to cross country for soccer. Was that hard to leave soccer behind? Yeah, I I like love soccer. I was, I have the record for most goals scored at my high school. So I really just thought like soccer was going to be what I did at Mount. And I was really close. I almost did both too, but I don't know what I just decided. I'm just going to run track. I don't know. I would, I would like to see you jump in a 6k 
cross country meet. I mean, cause it, like 200 meter champion cross country, all American would be a pretty, a pretty sick double. Yeah. That would be crazy. Back to soccer really quick. So how many goals did you score in high school? I had 111 goals in high school. They honestly just put me up top because I was so fast. I just yeah. had me there and I could just chase down any defender and score a goal. In how many games? Oh, I would you, would you guess? Like maybe like 20 games a season, probably. And that's, yeah, all four years, so. This just seems like a lot of lot of goals. Yeah, I was the conference player of the year a couple of years. I was. I don't know. I just don't know why I didn't play in college. Honestly, it's a tough decision. Wait, what did what did coach? What was his recruiting pitch to make sure you you know you only ran track and didn't play soccer? I don't even think he knew that I played soccer. Like I just was so like nonchalant about being recruited. I didn't really like talk much to them. I was just like really. I didn't even almost run in college. It was just like a last minute thing for me. All right, we gotta unpack this then. So yeah, take us through like your high school recruiting. Like you're a goal scoring machine. You run tracks. Like what was it like for you? Yeah, I just a couple coaches, you know, would talk, like DM me, but I was just, I really didn't think I was gonna do anything in college, so I really didn't pay anyone much attention. I was just like, no, like it, I don't, I'm not gonna talk to anyone. Even me going to Mount, like my mom was trying to drag me up there. She's like, you have to go visit. And my coach in high school was a two time All American high jumper at Mount. So they were just like, you have to go visit at least. And I was like, okay, like I'll visit. And then I ended up visiting here and I loved the campus and I ended up coming and running here. But yeah, I don't know. I just like really didn't pay much attention to like recruiters. And it's just like a last minute decision for me. Has that last minute decision paid off? I mean, obviously performance wise it has, but have you been happy with that decision you made? Oh yeah, this is definitely the best decision I made. I've met my best friends on the team. We have such a close group. And it's honestly like my favorite time of the day is just going to practice and being with my teammates. It's been a great choice. Were you looking at bigger schools to go to like Ohio state or something like that? Like what kind of schools? No, were you looking at? If anything, I would have gone to WVU. I'm from West Virginia. So oh, okay. it was, I was either going to go to Mount union or West Liberty. It's a smaller school. I graduated with 55 kids in high school. So I knew like I wanted a smaller school. When I was coaching, Oftentimes we run into kids like yourself where it's like, you know, I'm not really paying attention. I have the talent, but I don't really want to. Mm-hmm. And then once you give them this like idea of like, oh, you can do both. Like it's, it's, you know, it, it turns into situations like yourself, like the experiences you have, what would you tell people in your situation who like are just avoiding those recruiting calls or avo- avoiding those recruiting emails? And like, what would you guide them to do in this situation? I would tell them to at least just answer and visit, like just go visit, like meet the team, because like looking back, like I wish I came up to Mount and met the team more. Like I wish I answered more people and like just gave it more of a shot because you're so bullheaded when you're in that mindset. You're like, I'm not doing it. But like years down the road, it's like you never know. And at least just give it a shot. So you're not looking back and like regretting it. As we look towards the outdoor season, we're probably going to do the one to double. I like to ask this prior to the national meet, but if you could choose we'll call it, we'll, we can call it three people if you want because i know the rowan guys called out your four by four and i think they like that is there anyone that you want to race in a 200 meter final outdoors i think um isabella from nebraska wesleyan obviously i'd love to be with her and i'd love to be with grace from wesleyan they're awesome they're just really awesome people um someone i liked racing adalia too and like i just love that heat we had i wish grace was in there too i just love those girls they're so nice 
And it's just so cool to like, you see their names on the list and you like see all these times and to actually like meet them and talk to them that I really like love those three girls. They're awesome. Yeah. We've kind of learned from talking with like Shaq and JP, there seems to be like a nice community in D3 sprints right now. Is there a lot, like, it seems like there's a lot of mutual respect for each other at the meets. What's it like? Obviously I'm sure it's game time when you're racing, but after the meets, you know, how much are you guys interacting? Yeah. It- like it's a lot when we're like sitting there waiting for the awards, like everyone's so nice and talkative and it's just like, you know, it's, you wouldn't think it would be like that. You think it's like this fierce competition, but it's just not like that at all. Like even warming up, like the girls are there and they're smiling at each other. And it's like, we could have small talk here and there. It's just like a really positive environment, which is something that I really like. And that's also why I'm really looking forward to outdoor and next year, because now I've actually like gotten to meet the girls and talk to them indoor this year. So it really makes me like excited for outdoor. Do you guys communicate at all outside of track meets or do you anticipate, I mean, do you have like each other's phone numbers, like to text them after good races or anything? Not a phone number, but a lot of the girls follow each other on Instagram. And it's social media, Noah, come on. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Ba- back in my day, people used to text each other. That's too, <laughs> get your numbers too real, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's like too intense. Yeah, a lot of people on Instagram, they're like supporting one another. Like I follow a couple of the Wisconsin lacrosse girls and I've commented on their photos and stuff like it's not I think I'll follow more too, especially after this meet. Like, it's just nice to see their stuff and like comment and like, you know, talk to them, even like DM them and say like, great job because you don't really get to see them much after like I feel like after the meet, it was so quick and like everyone was with their teams and like it was gone. So it's nice to have social media and like keep in touch. One last thing before we let you get out of here and, and get on with your school work, but you all set the four by two national best. I mm-hmm. it, I don't, it's a record. It's national best, whatever you want to call it. You guys have the fastest four by two ever in D3 mm-hmm. history. What was that like being able to set that record slash national best? That was so cool. We weren't even expecting to do that. Like we just raced it to try and break our school record in it. And then we were like, okay, like if you get the baton at a certain time, like we know like we have a shot doing this. Like we knew if we all like had a great race and we were on an oversized track, which helped. So, and I knew like I could see the clock when I was running down the home stretch. I was like, oh my gosh, like we might actually do this. So that was just really cool to do that and not really be expecting it. So we expect some big things out of this or bigger things. You guys are already fifth indoors with that four by four. We expect something bigger coming outdoor. Yeah, I really hope to do well outdoor I think we will it was really hard we had like three of our girls were you know loaded up in other things I think outdoor with three days for the meet will be better for us and maybe I won't have to do four 400 so it might be a little better for us cool Kennedy thank you so much for joining us I think we'll probably bring you back on in like four or five years when you're tearing up the like adult rec league soccer circuit um (laughs) I have a feeling you'll be a force to be reckoned with but congratulations on your national championship and thanks for taking some time to join us today yeah thanks so much for having me this is so cool I like was so excited to see you guys reach out and ask me to be on here like this is I always see your guys' posts we were just so excited to be on your guys's wall on Instagram we're like oh my gosh like we made the wall <laughs> so it was just really cool I'm so happy I was able to do this of course now you have your own episode yeah that's awesome I can't believe it And that's all for another episode of D3 Glory Days, the Champions Series. Really appreciate you guys 
following along, listening, supporting this podcast, however you choose to do so. It really means a lot to us. Thanks to Kennedy for sitting down with us and spending some time catching up and dissecting her feelings and thoughts on her national meet. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back in your guys' feeds very soon with another episode. So until then, here's to the glory days. And that's all for another episode of D3 Glory Days, the Champions Series. Really appreciate you guys following along, listening, supporting this podcast, however you choose to do so. It really means a lot to us. Thanks to Kennedy for sitting down with us and spending some time catching up and dissecting her feelings and thoughts on her national meet. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back in your guys' feeds very soon with another episode. So until then, here's to the Glory Days. Thank you.